400 years. 400 years of literally making bricks, stomping straw with water and mud, baking bricks in hot ovens and in the sun. I wonder if the people, the people of God, the people who would become, who were known as the people of Israel, the Israelites, I wonder if they remembered the stories of old. Because 400 years, you know, we throw numbers around like trillion. I mean, 400 years, 400 years. It's almost twice as old as the United States. Think about that for a minute. What have we forgotten about the United States and its founding, even if we have it in the history books, in just 200 and so many years? 400 years they had been slaves in Egypt. Did they remember Joseph? The one who had ingratiated them with the Egyptians, but then a new ruler came up and they became slaves. Did they remember Abraham? Did they remember Isaac? Did they remember Jacob? Did they really remember the God of their understanding who was the creator and sustainer who had, who had brought them out, who had made them a people? And so maybe looking back, who knows what they remembered, but Moses got a vision from Yahweh, the God, when asked, who, who are you? God said, I am, or I will be who I will be. And this vision then caused Moses to go against the Pharaoh, to, to lead the people out of Israel. And you can hear it in that, in that scripture from Isaiah about leading them out through the waters of the sea and that the horse and the chariot were trampled because the Israelites didn't have horses and chariots. That they were, the water formed over them, but the Israelites were free. And so now they have this, this recent memory of being set free from slavery. But you know the story. It wasn't too long as they were living in the now, living in this new reality, what did they start to do? Started to grumble. They started to look for other gods to worship. Because surely this, this God that Moses talked about, who just freed them from 400 years of slavery, must have just led them out there to die. Surely there's a better God to worship. And so as Moses was gone getting the books of the law, they created a God to worship. But God was faithful. And God, through 40 years in the wilderness, that's another story, led them, but not Moses, into the land of promise. And that story of the Exodus is the central story for all of Judaism. Of being led out into a fertile place 
with all the trials and all the tribulations because the story reminds them that God is faithful even as the people are not faithful. And that the people can continue to strive again to be faithful, can be called back in. And so we look back and we look forward and we live now. And so a little over 130-ish years ago, there was a group of people that came out of First Presbyterian Church here in Richmond, Virginia, not long after the Civil War was over. And they decided that they would be a mission Sunday school class. They would, they would plant a new church, a new congregation. And, and so they, they began somewhere near, you know, farther in in the city. And, and, and they were constituted sometime later with a couple of elders and a number of faithful congregants. And I'm sure as they looked forward, they thought, wow, the sky's the limit. I mean, who knows what they thought the future would hold for them and for this congregation that they, that they were starting. Who knows what, what their hopes and dreams were, but God was faithful. And the people strove to be faithful. And this little congregation, it struggled. And at one point, it was, it disbanded. And then it came back together. And over time, it ended up building five different sanctuaries in the city of Richmond, including the one that you're sitting in now. This congregation, as it has looked forward over time, has always been progressive, meaning moving forward. Seeking to respond to the times and to, and to what they believed, you know, God was leading them into. This church has always been a church on the move. But once they built and finished this 40,000 square foot facility, you know, when you have 40,000 extra pounds on your body, it makes it harder to move. <laughs> So since 1965, this is the location of this congregation. And in that time, the congregation has grown, but it's also shrunk. It's struggled and it's gone forward. And God has been faithful. And the people of God have striven to be faithful here. And then in 2002, this congregation took a huge Unbeknownst to them, risk. They called a Midwestern former Lutheran who didn't know anything about the South, uh, just to be honest, was actually relatively new to Presbyterianism, student of theology, so I knew that side of it pretty well. Fell in love with our polity, in 2002, called me to be the pastor, called us to make our lives with you. Stepped out in faith, really. Because let me give you a little history on that. I just, I, I can't help myself. Up to that point, pretty much, as far as I've read the history and understand it, almost every pastor that this congregation had was, was Presbyterian, like 
and, and mostly Southern if they weren't Scottish. So, and, and pretty much almost all of them PhDs. So really smart, three-piece wearing, upright Presbyterian folks, right? And here comes walking in this, you know, farmer. And I wore a tie back then. And a white robe in, in worship and a stole, you know, as Lutherans do. But we took a chance together. I, again, I always say, I don't think the congregation knew what they were getting to, and I for sure didn't. And, and so we come, we come now, almost 20 years later, to this place. And we've, we've done amazing things together. As we look back at how God has been faithful to us, when I first came, I was told, this congregation has five years financially, or we're done. Five years. Well, God's been faithful, and the people of God have been faithful and generous. And not only financially have we more than survived, in the last five years, we decided to do this, this renovation, to, again, be progressive in the way of moving forward and responding to what we saw as what was going on within us and also out in the world. And I'm talking a lot about just the inside baseball of, of our congregation, but we weren't just doing stuff inside. We've been doing stuff outside a lot. We have become an incubator kind of a place. Over my years here, we have, we have helped incubate and birth a number of different schools and ministries and all kinds of wonderful things out in the world. We, you know, sometimes I would get upset because these things would begin and we'd be part of them and feel like it was going and then it was, they would be like, oh, well, we're, we're, gonna, we're going somewhere else. And I'd be sad and be like, well, what did we do wrong, you know? <laughs> like a jilted lover or something. But it was never that. It was usually they were taking the next step, the next opportunity. They needed to move as well in order to grow and to bless more people. Just recently, the recovery center that we helped found here, they, because of the place that we gave them, they were able to really solidify the foundation of recovery in Virginia, and they were able to go together with other organizations and buy a building in Henrico County to do more for people who need recovery. And God has been faithful. And so we came to that time, back to the story here, of, of getting ready to, to do this renovation. And we, we fretted about, you know, a, about a capital campaign. You know, because as many people were telling me, Joel, we're not a large congregation. You know, how are we going to raise X amount of dollars? And I won't tell you that I just said, oh, you know, God's faithful and we're just going to get it done. Like, I'm as pragmatic as anybody can be when I'm in my right mind. And Jennifer will tell you that's not very often, but... Very pragmatic, yes. But we decided to follow that vision that we believe that God had for us, to open up this space, to be able to, be able to use it for, for worship, for teaching, to bless the community. And so in 2019, 
You know, when we opened this up and we came into this space to worship and, and we reveled in the beauty of it and all the stories of how, how things came together, you know, the, the whole water theme was not a thing. It just fell into place. We realized it after the fact. It was a beautiful, amazing kind of thing that God did in the midst of the decisions that were made. And then a pandemic. Because we live in a world that's always changing. We live in a world in which we have almost no control. And a pandemic happened and we, okay, now what? But this congregation is resilient and we were like, you know what? We're going to figure it out. We're going to go right to streaming. And so, so we, had a, you know, we had a couple of phones and an iPad up here, I think, that first Sunday. And then we got a call from our AV company, shout out RTW. And, and they said, hey, we're gonna, you've got the ability, because of what we did in this space, we're going to loan you some equipment because we know that you can go to the next level of streaming and make this really awesome. And we did that. And we were able to connect with you and with our congregation and with people all over the country all of a sudden through this horrible thing that was happening to us because we chose to believe that God was faithful and we were seeking to be faithful. And a dedicated group group of musicians and leaders in the church made it happen Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and we are so grateful. And God was faithful, and the people of God strove to be faithful. And so we'd wrapped up that first campaign, and we knew that we still had a loan left over, and we talked about having a second campaign, and, and we were dialed up for that second campaign before the pandemic. I mean, we had, we had Kenan and John Payne had, had said yes to being co-chairs, and Chris and Heather Garnett said yes to being co-chairs, and, and we're dialed up. We're ready to go. I remember that. Like, we were, like, that Sunday that we live-streamed was supposed to be the unveiling of this beautiful, amazing capital campaign to pay off the debt. Wow. We had to take a few steps back. But we trusted each other. And we trusted this congregation. And we had conversation after conversation after conversation. Finally, we said, you know what? We're going to move forward. We're going to move forward. And this congregation stepped up. You have given so generously to this capital, this second capital campaign that I think over half, of, almost half of the money that was committed has already been given just in a year and a half. We'll have more numbers on that later. That's over and above the faithfulness that you have shown, trusting that God was faithful through the pandemic where we raised almost $20,000 outside of our regular budget to help people in need. God has been faithful to us and the people of God have striven to be faithful. And so now we, we come to this and as you can tell, this is sort of my state of the church address. All right? People have asked me, how are we doing financially? We're, we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. There are always places that if all of a sudden you discovered you had a lot more money to give to the church, that we could help resource things. Absolutely. 
but in terms of like the regular budget, the day, daily operations, we're, we're ahead of things right now in, the, in this current fiscal year. That could change, right? Just in the past couple weeks, we've had to spend some capital money to replace some AC units and things. That's not going to stop. We have about 12 more AC units that are over 20 years old around this facility. We're just waiting for the time when we need to replace them. It just happens. And when you own something like this, it's a beautiful, lovely, burdensome thing. And God is faithful. We have some reserve funds because people have been generous over time with us. And we use those, we call them reserve funds because it really is like we have to flex in and out of that money if we have some big capital expenses or something happens and and like that. And, And over that, we looked at this and over the past six years, the value of that fund has gone down. I think we figured out about 50 or $60,000. We've had some significant expenses in the last six years, capital wise, that we've taken out of there. None of that had to do with the capital campaign, just to, be, just to be clear. But we feel like we're doing really, really good with that. Because over time, that reserve fund, we were taking over $50,000 out of every year and not getting much back in that. That was the fund that we had five years left with back in 2002. God has been faithful and the people of God have striven to be faithful. And so now... You know, we sort of look back. And as we look forward, the reality is we don't know. We don't know. And anybody tells you that they know is a weatherman. And they have all the sophisticated models and, and all of this stuff, and there are still things that pop up that, you know, it rains when they say it's going to be sunny. Let's just be honest, not faulting them. But what we do know is that God is faithful and we're going to strive to be faithful and that's why we're, that's why we're inviting people into, into new groups and into new ways of faith because, because we know that we need each other because God is faithful. And so I invite you to think about what does it mean for you to live now, to open yourself to what is important, what is a priority, and where is it that you are going to give your life to, this life that God, the one who is faithful, has given you? Where is it that you're going to give yourself to bless this God and this world and this congregation in the ways that God has blessed you. We give thanks to God as we look back, as we look forward, and as we live now. In Jesus' name, amen.